Welcome to another episode of Radio Contra, coming at you live from the Gorilla Camp, located deep in the heart of rural northern North Carolina. And I, of course, am your guide to the events of the day, the Commandante of the Mossy Oak Militia, NC Scout, and it is great to be back with you, coming on the heels of a wonderful fighting carbine course last weekend and man oh man packed house wonderful time getting the opportunity to teach husband and wife couples uh had two and had a father and son team as well uh who had literally never touched firearms before they both brought their ar-15s they they brought their optics along with them and they came up there friday afternoon and said hey you know how do we mount this how do we do this how do we do that is you know okay we're gonna take it from the ground level and we're gonna work our way up and we did you know and in two days time you take a couple of guys a father and son team who literally have Zero experience, not just with the AR-15 as a platform, but firearms in general. They have zero experience. And you take them not only through the zeroing and basic uh, manual of arms and the the uh, basic capabilities of that fighting weapon and as a fighting instrument, but you work them all the way up through buddy team drills and bounding, and bounding in live fire. It was really something that's amazing. It's very, very important to me uh, as, as a trainer to praise those experiences, praise those guys who are coming out. That, that you know, This is quite literally their first rodeo, and they see the need. They see the very real need in training. They see you know, the relevance of of what needs to happen in their lives, the changes that they need to make in the pointers, and they're coming out looking for that guidance. And I I am very, very proud and blown away that they were able to get that. That was really something that was incredible. Uh, And them leaving with that level of confidence and that level of ability and those couples coming together and training together and, and all of it, just really culminating in such a great experience and in a very positive way. Um, you know, a very, very positive way. I'm, I'm extremely proud of that and got a lot more training over on brushbeater.org slash training calendar. That's brushbeater.org slash training calendar. The dates are up. Now I've got some comments over there the past couple days. People are saying, you know, Hey, uh, well, I want you to come travel and teach a class. Look, I've said it episode after episode after episode. Okay, the the time to get with me 
to host a class, that's come and gone. Okay, the calendar is what it is. I hate to break it to you, but that's just the way it is. There's only so much travel I'm going to be able to do throughout the year. All right, it's up there. The dates are set in stone, and that is it. Now, um, I know that sounds crazy because we're here in March. It is, you know, still that first quarter of 2022, and you're saying, you know, the the calendar's full. Yeah, it is. Because the demand is through the roof right now. The dates are filling up. There are a lot of people who are coming out for very good reason looking for training. And, you know, for me to travel, there's certain things that I require. Uh, one, there has to be a facility. Okay, you, you have to have somewhere suitable to do this. Um, you know, I, I've taught class in austere environments and, you know, done it out in the middle of nowhere and I'm fine with that but you have to have uh, things like a whiteboard and um, at least for the RTO courses and suitable place to do it you know your neighbor's backyard which is you know a, a tenth of an acre in a residential area that, that ain't gonna get it okay that ain't gonna get it and you have to have at least 10 people uh, if you don't have 10 people we can put it up on the calendar but the closer you are to 10 people to get a class together, the more minimal I am to traveling. Uh, you got to be pretty serious about it. I've had people in the past that, you know, hey, yeah, we're going to put together a class and it'll be great. And it'll be a class. It'll be the biggest class you've ever seen. And then, you know, 30 days out, you don't really hear a whole lot from them. And, you know, that it kind of goes the way it goes. Folks, I do run this as a business. I, uh, it is what it is. Um, and for me to travel, to leave my family and, you know, hit the road for a week at a time and, you know, put that sacrifice of, of my time away. Yeah, it, it, it costs money. Okay. Uh, so there is that. But uh, that being said, you know, the training experiences that you're going to get when you look at that calendar, when you come out to a class, when you see, you know, frequent question that I get, uh, frequent question that people email me, you know, oh, how, how do I get a, a group of people? How do I find people? How do I do this? How do I do that? Well, you know, the thing that you need to do is get out of your basement, knock the Cheeto dust off. Get your butt to a class and interact with some people. And you will find that there is a much larger community of people than you previously thought. But you have to take that first step. All right. Because if you only live online, if you only live online, and I know people that do this. Okay. I know people that do this. If you only exist online. And you only soak in what social media tells you, what the media outlets tell you, what people in emails, sharing news stories. If you only soak in what you are told and you have that very myopic vision of what the world really has to offer, you're going to get blackpilled. You're going to get beat down. You are going to sit there and get resentful and dark and depressed because the world's a very scary place. If you don't get out there and interact with it, you know, I was talking about over the weekend, the, uh, theory that comes from Emil Durkheim is one of the fathers of sociology. 
And uh, I've talked about it in the past, the theory of anime, uh, not anime for all of you out there, uneducated types, but anime. If you look this up, it's very similar to atrophy, right? So we know that atrophy is when we don't utilize muscles and we don't utilize uh, skill and we begin to lose it and it degrades. That's atrophy. Well, anomy is the same concept, but applied to the social organism and us as individuals when we don't interact with the larger world out there, when we don't get out there in the open and we don't interact with people, we begin to get isolated and cut off and we get we in our little shells and we retreat and we only have this little myopic vision that is about as big as the screen on our phone or our laptop or our tablet, our e-reader, whatever it is, right? Our TV screen. And that's the only window that we have into the world and we're no longer interacting the people around us. We're no longer sharing ideas. We're no longer conversing. We're no longer finding out that the world closest to us is really the more important one. And we lack those social interaction skills. And when you have that, when you have that atrophy, that degradation of the social interaction, people begin to get dark. They begin to get depressed. And it's something that has happened over and over and over again throughout time. Emil Durkheim, in his theory on anomy, and specifically its relationship with suicide, he was spot on. Uh, he was absolutely spot on. And that is why we revisit that academically. We revisit his work over and over and over again. Even though it is extremely old, it's dated, but it's timeless at the same time because it tells us a truth about ourselves. It's really, really important to look back at all of that. And the same is true for today. There's a lot of dark stuff going on in the world. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world. And we're going to be talking about some of that. But by you getting out, by you networking, by you interacting with like-minded people who are there training for a purpose, I promise you, you're going to come away with that feeling better. You're going to come away with that with hope. Because there is hope. There's a lot of hope. There's still hope left. With that said, let's talk a little bit about our advertisers, our advertisers who make this podcast happen. Of course, uh, all of them are up and have banners over on AmericanPartisan.org, and you should definitely go check that out for news and headlines of the day. But uh, first in the shoot, Civil Defense Manual, Jack Lawson's two-volume set covering in detail all relevant topics of how to build a neighborhood protection team, community protection team, mutual assistance group, whatever you want to call it, you name it. There is so much usable information in there in that book. I, of course, wrote the communications chapter. You should get out there, get that book, check it out. And uh, I think it is extremely well worth the cost. Uh, you are going to be referencing this book many, many times over. I know that I do. It is a mainstay right next to my 13-volume Foxfire series upon the bookshelf of professional resources. 
With that said, uh, Blacksmith Publishing, my very good friends, Mike Blackburn, Paul LeFevre, they need no introduction in the special operations community. Incredible human beings. Go back and listen to episode 97. And I'm thinking about rerunning that episode. I know uh, I got a little bit of feedback. There was a couple of people who have been having trouble finding it. So I think that I'm going to rerun that episode again um, just to put it to the forefront because it is that critically important. Uh, that interview was was really something that was amazing, and I think that it was that critically important. But uh, Blacksmith Publishing, you know, they wrote the U.S. Army Special Forces Small Unit Tactics Handbook based on their experience as instructors at the Army Special Forces Small Unit Tactics course, which is part of the larger qualification course, what it takes to be a Green Beret. And... Just amazing guys, amazing guys who have a lifetime worth of professional experience on the topic. That book is huge and it is filled to the brim with stuff that you need to know. I constantly reference it myself and I think that it is a a foundational work that you need to have. Uh... You know, but with that said, they have a lot of other books that they have written as well. Paul Lefevre, Iron Sharpening Iron. I think that is a critical book to read if you are an American Christian patriot. You need that book. Um, American Christian patriot fighting man is literally how you can describe Paul Lefevre. And this book is is the culmination of of a lot of fundamental truths that are biblically based. I can't say enough about it. It helped me through a couple of rough times, and I think that it will do the same for you. It is an important book. Now, they've got a lot of other great stuff out there as well. Their navigation book, Land Nav, is one of the best that I've ever read. It is short, it is to the point, and it has a bunch of pointers in there that are just a a goldmine of information. In a very, very easy to digest format. I think that it is one of the best written on the topic. Everybody from brand new greenhorns to well-seasoned vets when it comes to the art of land navigation are going to get something out of it. So definitely take a look at that book as well. Now last, certainly not least, my very good friend Joe Dolio over at TacticalWisdom.com. His books, his books are just really amazing. I've got so much feedback on the three-volume series of Tactical Wisdom thus far since I've had him on. He's you know, a longtime friend of the podcast, had him on a bunch of times. The feedback of my students of reading his books is really something that's amazing. And again, biblically based biblically focused and everything in the three volume series draws on experiences from the Bible. It's really amazing. It is really, really amazing. You know, and and I can't give him enough props, can't give him enough of a shout out. I'd love having him on. We're gonna have him on again this week, hopefully, if the stars align. And uh, you know, with that said, definitely go check him out, Joe Dolio, tacticalwisdom.com. All of the links down below, by the way, uh, all the links will be down below 
by the way, should be more specific in that. So they are in the show notes. Definitely hit those up. Uh, so pulling some of the headlines from AmericanPartisan.org, man, oh man, things are really escalating. It is looking like uh, Russia has moved to isolate Kiev and they offered a ceasefire and a negotiated settlement uh, to break away the eastern half of Ukraine that borders with Russia and make a two-state, essentially a two-state solution. Um, Zelensky turned that down. Immediately, the ceasefire degraded. And, you know, we're not, we're not really seeing the whole picture here. There's heavy doses of propaganda coming out both sides of this. Uh, but the first shots in the economic war, because we know that, that all wars are economic, you know, at their heart, they're all economic. And this is obviously, you know, no different. Uh, but we're getting ready to feel this one at home. We're absolutely feeling this one at home. The oil prices, you know, for, for Main Street America, if you see uh, $4 a gallon for gas, if you're driving diesel, it's it's $5 a gallon and climbing. Um, and the White House has absolutely no uh, recourse for any of this. They have no guidance for any of this. And, and the best that we can get, is Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, uh, the the former Michigan uh, governor, who is hideously, hideously incompetent uh, on a good day, you know, and and a pariah of progressive policies, literally saying, "No, we're not going to uh, open Keystone XL back up. We're not going to drill here domestically. We're not going to uh, do any of these things that's going to alleviate the burden." on mainstream America. We're not going to do any of that. And when you're seeing the, these policies, the culmination of these policies, it's very easy for them to, uh, pass the buck. It's very easy for them to blame somebody else to blame corporatocracy or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But you have to understand that these people are a product of a corporatocracy. These people work on part of a corporatocracy. They were chosen to be where they are by the standard oil cartel because the standard oil cartel, the Rockefellers, they never went away. They never went away. Sure. I know all the history buffs out there. You're going to say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Standard oil split up. Standard oil went away. It ceased to be a thing. Anti-monopoly. Yes, here in the United States, it did. Just like AT&T allegedly did. Allegedly. But there are some things that happen for the cameras. There are some things that happen in the boardroom. There are some things that happen for the headlines. And then there is the reality. There's the stuff that happens offshore. Ask yourself who Saudi Aramco is. And, by the way, we're not paying very much attention to everything else that's going on. Why is it that our oil prices went this high literally, literally within a week? Literally within a week. Why did they go this high? 
why is the material goods issues still not resolved? Because it almost seems as though they're exacerbating the problem on purpose. There is some money to be made somewhere. If you always follow the money, you follow the money, you see Que Bono, who benefits, and that will answer about 90% of the questions that you have. And war is great business, especially other people's wars. Really, really great business. You know, and that, of course, begs another question. When we begin to examine who is actually benefiting from these wars, and we look and we see who is at the center of them. Uh, Now, I'll back up a couple of steps and take this opportunity to point out that the... United States and really the West, the foreign uh, governments, all the governments of NATO, their media outlets have moved to black out Russia today and any of the other proxies. And uh, they've taken it off. All the major media outlets have taken it off. Uh, So much for free speech. Uh, So much for free speech. And I expect, I predict that the same is going to come true in the coming months against alternative media, this platform included. When we see the uh, Fox News using literally the same script as NPR, you know that you're being lied to, but you also can understand and recognize that a common narrative is being spun. Now, alternative media, the true fourth estate, the true free and independent media, the assertion of the First Amendment in its best and most purest sense. And by the way, by the way, Radio Contra is number two in news commentary. That's right, number two. And we will be number one, I predicted. When I get back from the next week of training, we're absolutely going to burn it down and uh, get on up there to number one, crush that last hurdle and get there to be the leader in news commentary. But with that said, with that said, blacking out alternative viewpoints, blacking out the counterpoint to the official narrative and that's what they've done with Russia today now I'm not uh, the biggest fan of Russia today it is obviously foreign state media it is propaganda it is uh, telling an alternative viewpoint and they were very very active in fomenting uh, both BLM and Antifa giving them a lot of free air uh, airplay so you know Russia Today is a loaded gun, for sure, for sure. They're neither right nor left. It's Russian state media. However, however, when we see a lot of the things that are being exposed right now with regard to Ukraine, the absolute fact that a bioweapons program was being run in Ukraine, it's an absolute fact a uh, lot of stuff that's been published up on AmericanPartisan.org. I've been working on that today. A lot of information that is coming out right now 
both from official sources in other governments and other corners of the world. There is a bunch of stuff that is coming out from the Ukrainian government that was essentially ordering a shutdown of these biological weapons programs. But I even went and dug up information from the past 20 years from academia based on gene-edited and genetic targeting of biological weapons. And you have to remember that this was a central complaint of the government of Vladimir Putin. Now, this was something that immediately our media labeled as false. This is nonsense. No such thing. No such thing. However, however, and it is important to point out that we actually have been researching such things. Dartmouth University, one of the Ivy League schools and one of the producers of the Power Elite, Dartmouth University genetically engineered bioweapons, a new breed of weapons for modern warfare. And this was published in 2013, in uh, March 10th of 2013 to be specific. Uh, genome sequencing has given rise to a new generation of genetically engineered bioweapons carrying the potential to change the nature of modern warfare and defense. Biological weapons are designed to spread disease among people, plants, and animals through the introduction of toxic microorganisms such as viruses and bacteria. The method through which a biological weapon is deployed depends on the agent itself, its preparation, its durability, and the route of infection. Attackers may disperse these agents through aerosols or food and water supplies. Although bioweapons have been used in war for many centuries, a recent surge in genetic understanding, as well as rapid growth in computational power, has allowed genetic engineering to play a larger role in the development of new bioweapons. In the bioweapon industry, genetic engineering can be used to manipulate genes to create a new pathogenic characteristic aimed at enhancing efficacy of the weapon through increased survivability, infectivity, virulence, and drug resistance. While the positive societal implications of improvised biotechnology are apparent, the black biology of bioweapon development may be one of the greatest threats we face. Why would they be working on that? Why would an Ivy League school be working on research dealing with ethnically and genetically based biological weapons? Well, how about 2016? In a research paper that was published by the Department of Defense, Genetically Targeted Bioweapons Feasibility of Genetically targeted bioweapons and grand strategy. The United States Air Force published this 2016. Let's go back a little bit further. 2003, genetically engineering or genetic engineering and biological weapons. You can read the entire abstract page up on AmericanPartisan.org. Rapid developments in biotechnology, genetics, and genomics are undoubtedly creating a variety of environmental, ethical, political, and social changes for advanced societies. But they also have severe implications for international peace and security before they open up tremendous avenues for the creation of biological weapons. 
the genetically engineered superbug, highly lethal and resistant to environmental influence or any medical treatment, is only a small part of the story. Much more alarming from an arms control perspective are the possibilities of developing completely novel weapons on the basis of knowledge provided by biomedical research, developments that are already taking place. Such weapons designed for new types of conflicts and warfare scenarios, secret operations, or sabotage activities are not mere science fiction, but are increasingly becoming a reality that we have to face. Here, we provide a systematic overview of the possible impact of biotechnology on the development of biological weapons. 2003, folks. 2003. All up on American Partisan. Dot org. Why would they be working on this in Ukraine? Well, it actually turns out that Ukraine, with a well-documented corrupt system, with a well-documented um, lack of governance and oversight, as I've said many, many times, draws several parallels to the Cuba of the early 1950s. And one of the underlying plot lines of The Godfather Part Two was that this was a Wild West for various criminal activities that were going on outside of the reach of the United States government. The same is absolutely true with international warfare implications of what was going on in Ukraine, which led the Obama administration in now deleted archives from 2010, 2011, and 2012 detailing biological weapons research that was going to be conducted in Ukraine under the guise of threat reduction. It's an interesting play on words that they have done there. This course was all directed by Victoria Jane Newland, who has surfaced once more and you have to look a little bit deeper into Victoria Newland to find out a little bit more about this lady. Uh, of course, Victoria Newland is nobody new, DC swamp creatures, power elite types, intimately familiar with her. She has guided U.S. policy with regard to NATO now for a number of years. Victoria Jane Newland, born July 1, 1961, is an American diplomat currently serving. As Undersecretary for Political Affairs, Newland, a former member of the Foreign Service, served as Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs in the United States Department of State from 2015 to 2017, and U.S. Permanent Representative to NATO from 2005 to 2008. She held the rank of Career Ambassador, the highest diplomatic rank in the United States Foreign Service. She is the former CEO of the Center for a New American Security, serving from January 2018 to early 2019, and is also the Brady Johnson Distinguished Practitioner in Grand Strategy at Yale University and a member of the Board of National Endowment for Democracy. How about that? Boy, oh boy, let's dig a little bit deeper. Early life and education. Victoria Newland was born in 1961 to Sherwin B. Newland, a surgeon of Ukrainian Jewish origin, and Rona McCann, 
She graduated from Choate Rosemary Hall in 1979. She earned a Bachelor's of Arts from Brown University in 1983, where she studied Russian literature, political science, and history. Certainly interesting. Certainly interesting. And granted, when you look at the education background, when you look at the connections to the Ivy League, the embedment of the power elite, you see a larger picture. Why is it that this woman, who has been a product of privilege, is now beating down the door wanting to create war, not only with the Russians, but involving the larger Europe? Why is this? Why do they want this? Well, let's look at the policies from Ukraine. Newland was the lead U.S. person for the Revolution of Dignity, establishing loan guarantees to Ukraine, including a $1 billion loan guarantee in 2014 and the provisions of non-lethal assistance to Ukrainian military and border guards. Along with Secretary of State John Kerry and Secretary of Defense Ash Carter, she is seen as a leading supporter of defensive weapons delivery to Ukraine. In 2016, Newland urged Ukraine to start prosecuting corrupt officials. It's time to start locking up people who have ripped off the Ukrainian population for too long, and it's time to eradicate the cancer of corruption. Well, Miss um, Newland, Miss Newland, I will draw your attention to Burisma and the wealth that has been generated there, of course, for the board of directors. Isn't that right? Or how about the sitting president of the United States, Joe Biden, who is on record admitting that he called the Politburo of Ukraine, saying that that prosecutor who was investigating his activities of Burisma was either going to disappear or, or, $1 billion of federal aid was going to be withheld. I would say that that classifies for uh, pretty serious corruption. You know, but not only that, not only that. Another thing that is up on AmericanPartisan.org is a photo, of course, of Azov Battalion posing with a swastika and a NATO flag. Understand America this is what you're supporting. Understand, Miss Newland, this is what you are supporting. And I would suppose that you being a woman of Ukrainian Jewish origin, you would be against such a thing, deeply offended by such a thing. Huh. Funny that. Funny that. Uh, I would think that the president of Ukraine Zelensky, the, the pianist, he would be deeply opposed to such a thing. I would think that openly having the uh, political party, the armed wing of your political party, and if you were a part of such a noble cause, that you would instantly disavow such a thing. Of course, we see no mention of this, none whatsoever. Again, interesting inconsistencies and the reason why they've made so many moves to discredit alternative media on this matter. 
Of course, Newland was the center of great controversy in 2014 when a recording of a phone call between her and the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Pyatt, were or was published on YouTube. The State Department and the White House suggested that an assistant to the Deputy Prime Minister of Russia, Dmitry Rogozin, was a source of the leak, which he, of course, denied. In their phone conversation, Newland and Pyatt discussed who should join a unity government. Newland notified Pyatt after the review of three opposition candidates for the post of Prime Minister of Ukraine that the U.S. State Department had selected one individual and she was quoted as saying, I think that Yats guys who's got the economic experience, the governing experience, what he needs is Klitsch and Tehanabuk on the outside. He needs to be talking to them four times a week. So here you have this woman who has literally picked the people who are going to run their own criminal organization, their own criminal government, utilizing the tactics of a color revolution to overthrow the duly elected government. This is who they have put into place. This is who they have established as being now in charge of their own country, their own making, their own Wild West. This is what they have done. This is what they support. These are the people who have brought us to the brink of nuclear war. These are the people who cannot tell you, who cannot tell you, the actual source of COVID-19. These are the people who will not blame the Chinese. These are the people who run the entertainment industry who are propagandizing to all of us. Oh, take your shot. Oh, get your vaccine. Oh, and if you don't get your vaccine, we're going to disenfranchise you from the larger social entity. These are the people who shut down American society. These are the people who have disenfranchised half of a nation. These are the people who effectively ended democracy in the United States, refusing election transparency. And yeah, I know. I know. I already got my warning from YouTube. And you know what? Go on and shut it down. Go on and shut it down. I dare you. I dare you to shut this one down. But this is exactly what happened. This is exactly what they've done. Okay? You know, and you dig deeper. You dig deeper into this. You dig into what is really going on behind the scenes, of course, in her personal life. Newland's husband, Robert Kagan, is a historian, foreign policy commentator at the Brookings Institution, and co-founder in 1998 of the neoconservative project for the New American century. Boy, that is interesting, isn't it? So you've got this product here of what we would associate with liberalism. We've got this uh, person who has been a perennial uh, regurgitation of Democrat policies married to a neoconservative. Boy, that's odd, isn't it? Because neoconservative, neoliberal, they're both the same. They're one in the same. Same thing, the same people, the same roots behind the scenes. And they are going to bring us to the brink of nuclear war. The consequences of which, 
the consequences of which we are all going to feel. We're already feeling it. Grain prices are skyrocketing. Fuel prices skyrocketing. The economy is going to tank. There is going to be scarcity. Look at what they have caused. And the outright support a Nazi regime, ironically, in Ukraine. Are you getting ready? Are you preparing? Are you getting yourself straight? Because this is yet another diversion that they have created to take your mind off of everything else. The freedom truckers, that's gone. That's gone. That's over. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's still going on, but the public eye has been taken completely off of it. What about the Canadian truckers? You heard anything else about that? COVID. COVID's over. Where's Anthony Fauci? Anybody seen him lately? Folks, I'm telling you, you need to get yourselves prepared because when this blows over and it's coming and the blowback is going to be extremely severe from all of this, how are you going to be prepared for what comes next? How are you going to be prepared for the collapse of the dollar in the face of skyrocketing prices of everything else? Your training is what's going to carry you through this. Whatever you are doing today to prepare for an uncertain tomorrow, that is what's going to get you through. Do not trust the leaders of this country. Do not trust the liars that have been telling us for two years now to stay indoors, shut down the economy. Two more weeks. Two more weeks. Have you noticed that everything is two weeks away? Two weeks. Two weeks. Flatten the curve. Two weeks. Two weeks for this. Two weeks for that. We're in a lot of trouble. America is in a lot of trouble. However, it's not all doom and gloom. It's not all doom and gloom. There is a bright horizon on the future when we are able to shake off this corrupt entity that has sought to destroy this nation. And we will do it. We will prevail. The American spirit always does. We always do in the end. That good will prevail. But it's certainly not going to come without a fight. It's certainly not going to come without a fight. And that fight's raging on right now. You know, when I talked about censorship, when I talked about the fight against censorship and what I see coming for alternative media, you know, I mean that. I mean that. Uh, the first shots, the first blows have already been made in that war and they're telegraphing exactly what's going to happen. You know, last week when uh, uh, I was on the air, uh, this podcast, Radio Contra, and uh, I received a notification that, you know, we had been censored. The The episode that I did with Matt Jaswelli who is running for the 36th Congressional District out in California against Representative Ted Lieu 
uh, Representative Ted Lieu, the sock puppet for big tech and one of the more uh, vocal, outspoken critics of U.S. policy, U.S. domestic policy. Anyway, that was flagged as spreading misinformation, uh, misinformation, misinformation about the election. And if you go back and listen to that episode, and you go back and you listen to what we were talking about, how there is hope, how there is determination, how in spite of them literally stacking the deck, we know that there was election fraud. We know that there were massive numbers of irregularities. We know that the movement to decertify the electors is not only a real thing, but is gaining steam. Now, I'm not being a Pollyanna, and I'm not going to sit and say that this is going to magically change everything, because it's not. Because it's not. The same neocons, neoliberals, whatever you want to call it, neo, 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 that has installed this Biden regime. They're not going to go without a fight. But simultaneously, their allies in big tech, which reinforce the narrative, which reinforce hegemony, the ruling hegemony, are going to fight tooth and nail to keep it, and they're going to shut us down. They're going to shut down any dissident voice. They are going to shut down any voice that dares to step outside of the lines to tell the truth that is not part of their operation, that is not part of them selling their hegemony to all of you out there, that is not involved in poisoning the minds. Radio Contra doesn't do any of that. We stand for truth. But they moved to censor us. They, of course, put the podcast in its little jail and whatever. Here's the thing. First of all, I don't care about YouTube. Don't care about it. It is there because Podbean allows us to auto-populate. Cool. It's another avenue of approach. All right. But I don't care. I put literally no work into it. I don't advertise that we have a YouTube channel. I don't care. All right. But if you move to take it down, YouTube, if you move to take it down, go ahead. Strike me down for I will become ever more powerful because you are judged by your enemies. You are judged by your adversaries. And this isn't the first time I've taken on Big Tech. This isn't the first time that I've had to fight. I've took on the Chinese. I've took on the Cubans. I've took on the Russians. I've took on the United States government. I've took on Big Tech. Because we're in the interest of human freedom. We are in the interest of liberty. And we are in in the interest of truth. The things that the United States said that it stood for. Of course, can't say that any longer. So go ahead. Keep it up. Keep the censoring. Keep it going. Keep it going. Because we're going to keep the fight. 
We're going to keep the fight going. We're going to stay in this fight. I'm not backing down. As I've said many, many times, I've never backed down from anything. I'll never back down from you, and I will never tow the line. You give me as many warnings, as many flags as you want. Remove the channel. See what happens. See what happens. This podcast is the number two podcast in news commentary. And I didn't get there because I'm some wackadoodle fly-by-night character. I got there by working my ass off, by building a brand. I got there from my work ethic, from due diligence, and from telling the truth. And here we are. You may move to silence it, and that's fine. Do your damnedest, because I know I will. And I know that this audience that listens to this podcast, I know that this army that we are building out there who are angry, who are Americans, who are great people, who are the heart and soul and lifeblood of this country, who are fed up with pointless wars, who are fed up with this endless nonsense, who are fed up with being fleeced. Every single day we're done with this. Go ahead. Try to silence us. But I'll remind you, to the censors that will be listening to this, to the microscope that decides to watch all of this, I want you to look real closely at who you're serving. Because one of the hallmarks of the left is taking on the corporatocracy. What happens when you are the corporatocracy? When you have become the corporatocracy? And let me tell you something, you're going to find yourself on the wrong side of some very, very angry people who do not like you. And what are you going to do then? When the emperor no longer has any clothes, what happens then? When you no longer allow for people to peacefully petition their government, you no longer allow them that outlet of expression that basic human right, that freedom. What comes next? But that's why we exist. We know that we're in a fight. Radio Contra understands and speaks for those oppressed people who are all out there, particularly here in the United States, formerly free United States. And we are freedom fighters. Everyone behind the scenes here, myself, team at AmericanPartisan.org, all of the great people over on the forum, forum.brushpeter.org, we're freedom fighters, and we continue to train, train the good people of this country, because there's a lot of good people in this country. Stay in the fight, folks, because it's freedom, freedom against tyranny, standing in the face of tyranny, the offense of freedom. May God bless you, and I will talk to you again very, very soon. This is Nancy Scout, out.